So, in, when I was in school, did you ever hear about Nero and and him playing? Uh, what, he played his fiddle while while Rome burned. Did you ever hear about that? I've heard that before, but I I could I couldn't tell you anything about it. It's just a story where uh, Rome was on fire. He was playing his lyre or his fiddle or whatever he's playing. Apparently, he was just a really crappy musician. And the people talk have written about how awful of a musician he was, but he thought he was awesome. <laughs> and he would play this music. And then and supposedly at one point, Rome was burning and he was playing. And unless Rome was like, unless like while Rome burned was like a bigger thing for political stuff. But I know for I know that there is a story where Rome was burning and it was this Christian ghetto area. So then he blamed the that or he maybe was the Christian ghetto. I don't know. He blamed the fire being started on the Christians. And that's because the they Christian. didn't want to hear him playing his fiddle. That makes sense. <laughs> he was he was playing that Satan music. The That's probably what music. it was. Uh, but that was the the persecution that happened in sixty four, uh, and then uh, CE, and then I think before that in the fifties, Emperor Claudius he actually kicked all the Jews out. Like he just got tired of dealing with the Jewish people, and he's just like, all right, you just just leave all of you. <laughs> and and there's there is Were they a question that unruly. Well, yeah, there's a, there the. The Jewish people had gotten it, had um, received. I'm not going to say whether or not they they. If you look at the histories, they kind of always bucked the system, and Rome did not really like people that rebelled against them. At the same mm-hmm. time, I can understand rebelling against an occupying force. So you know, <laughs> one side feels one way, one side feels the other. I could see both sides on this one. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, Claudius, but there's a question about, some people think that it was the Christians that were causing problems, but because you couldn't distinguish between Christians and Jews, you're just like, get all of these Middle Eastern monotheists out of Rome. And (laughs) just all of them, just get them out. Uh, but then by the time Emperor, uh, Nero came to power, there was like a distinguishing, people were able to recognize Christians still as a sect of Judaism, but they understood that there was like, that was a group, the Christians, uh, and then they were they were going around talking about uh, they always called each other's brothers and sisters. And so when you'd be like, uh, who are you married to? Oh, this is Sister Lydia over here. You're like, that doesn't sound good to me. <laughs> like, it sounds weird. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, that they also had they also had love feasts and they always talked about eating the flesh and drinking the blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could see that putting a, a flag on your back or something or a mark on you. Yep. So it made them easy targets for uh, for being like you know those weird cannibal people. They're the ones who set uh, fired Rome. <laughs> I really, I really hope that was just all misinterpretation and that wasn't like actually happening in early Christianity. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know these things. Uh, hi everybody. I am Neil. I am our Encyclopedia Bibliotanica. I am the lead questioner and the research nerd. The and, architect. Uh, the architect, and according to Chris, I'm the one who does everything. Yes, so that's, that's a fact. Yeah, and this is Chris, the uh, resident super high functioning alcoholic, uh, official Bible reader, and evil guy. Apparently, I can't oh, remember right. where that. That was a while back. Yeah, that was uh, Sermon on the Mount when it mentions uh, if your son asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion, or if he asked for a fish, would you give him a. a uh, a snake. I can't remember which one it was yes. in Matthew. Yes. So absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That that is one hundred percent you. So I love my son. I will say that. Yeah. Oh, but you me. you like to keep him in check. But but yeah, scorpions and snakes, those are perfectly fine for kids. You just get the little ones. Or no, the big scorpions, the ones that aren't as venomous. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've taught my child not to trust anyone. He doesn't trust strangers because he doesn't even trust me. <laughs> uh, it, all right. So we have been in the book of Matthew since forever, and we are going to continue. We are in the last third of Matthew uh, chapter 10, and we'd earlier talked about how Matthew chapter 10 is this whole setup for going and um, sending out what it or it's sort of describing what it means to be an emissary or a diplomat for Jesus, the, the Hebrew word being shaliach. And we talked about, well, what does that mean? That means chapters 5 through 7 is everything that Jesus taught. It's actually the same thing that John the Baptist would have taught as well. But 5 through 7 is what they he, what Jesus wants them to teach. Chapters 8 through 9 is what he wants them to do. And then chapters 10 is this is where Jesus in the story is sending these people off. Uh, and we talked a little bit about the persecution, which hopefully when we were talking about persecution earlier, uh, the persecution happens right the, the uh, Claudius and the Nero persecution that we mentioned at the beginning is sort of happening potentially at the same time that Matthew's writing this. So it might be in light of that Nero persecution that, that these readers uh, will be reading this and be like, hey, that's what we're going through right now. So we are be like right now in the chapters we're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, sorry. The Jesus... These chapters would be would be read at the time oh, of that persecution. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. 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 Th- there's no Christianity yet. Jesus is still kicking. Oh, that's right. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. So so the when Matthew's writing this and he's writing this chapter ten, he might be writing it in light of the the, the persecution at post Nero, or um or possibly during the time of Claudius. But that's a really early dating for when the book would have been written. So that hopefully gives us a little bit of context. Um, and so we're talking about what it's like to be an emissary. And we are going to be ch- starting in uh, chapter 10, verse 24. So this is kind of like what to expect or what or what they should do as they're going out or both. Y- yes. Um, what to expect, what to do. And it's it, How we're to in the middle yourself. of everything. Yes, okay. yes. Where we talked about um, don't take don't take uh, an extra coat or anything. Don't take your staff. Go stay at other people's houses. Crash there. Be no bomb. Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kick the dust off your feet. I think we we talked a little bit about what happens if you piss on the side of somebody's house. <laughs> Usually it's fine. I, I've never gotten in trouble for it. Yeah. All right. So, uh, chapter 10, 24. Verse 24, right? Yes. Okay. A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household? Exclamation point. (laughs) You're Uh, all the devil. You're all the devil. Satan. Uh, he he will. I think it's in a couple of chapters. He he will turn to uh, to Peter and just call him straight up Satan. That's <laughs> a yeah. He's like, get behind me, Satan! Like Jeez, Jesus, what a dick or yeah. dickish move. Yeah, I don't think you can call Jesus a dick. Well, you can, but <laughs> I I don't feel like I'm at liberty to to make any judgment call and things like that. I've done. <laughs> I've probably said. Uh, said done worse i don't know anyways so uh first thing is it's talking about the whole idea of like no teacher is above uh, no student is above their teacher so if jesus who's teaching them and they're his students what's going to happen whatever happens to jesus is going to happen to them and we talked about this in a previous podcast about the 
anachronism, the out of timeline situation here, because right now, like if Jesus is saying, if I'm persecuted, you're going to get persecuted. And like, Jesus, you haven't been persecuted. Your healthcare on legs, everybody loves you. So that's where, as the reader, if you already know what happens to Jesus, you already know the end story, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, Jesus got it. You know, Jesus got taken to court. He got whipped. He got beaten. He got crucified. So then it points to then the students will also have a, a hard time as well. Oh. So, yes. If he is their master and if they are slaves in relation, that's not, that's a hyperbole. Um, that's not actually like Jesus was not like I am the master, you are my slaves. Uh, <laughs> d- don't get that, but it, it's just that it's that it's restating the same idea. If I'm going to get it, how much? Then you you should also expect that you're going to get it as well. Yeah, because um, you're part of the crew. Yes, yes, yeah. and then and then the Beelzebub, Beelz, uh, Beelzebub. Yeah, is, is that the devil? I always he hears is like the imagery or name pops up as like every kind of everybody kind of pushes it, or when you see it in media, it's like it's the devil. I know. Uh, I, I think some people believe it as a moniker or a stand-in uh, for the for Satan, like Man of Steel. Beelzebub, it's not really like <laughs> Superman, Man of Steel, Satan, Beelzebub. Um, I'm not sure how how true that is. I know other people have seen it as a, a high-ranking demon of sorts, um, which we start moving out of my comfort zone because I'm not really good on the whole Christianity interpretation stuff. I'm really good with the Bible. <laughs> I can do that, <laughs> but we're moving out of out of my comfort zone. Uh, now I will say the uh, Beelzebul, Beelzebul, uh, Beelzebub, uh, or Baal Zebub, uh, which uh, Baal Zebub was the pagan god of Ekron, which is in the region of Philistia, and you see that in the book of Second Kings. Uh, so you can look back and see that story. So it's it's pulling from something that, that was already within Jewish lore, if you will. I, I was going to ask uh, if that was a recurring thing or if it just pops up this yeah, one time. Well, this it shows up in Second Kings, but it, and it shows up in uh, the New Testament at least here in Matthew. Maybe one more time. I think it might show up one more time in Matthew, and then once or twice in Luke as well. Uh, so it uh, this is so uh, the name Baal of Zibob actually is not the actual name of the Philistine God, but it was actually the Hebrew name given to the Lord of the Flies. And it was supposed to be a Hebrew uh, play on the word uh, of dung. He is the Lord of crap. (laughs) The Lord of shit. Yes. Uh, Which sounds like an awesome Rob Zombie movie now. Like, I feel I could see that. (laughs) You know, uh, his newest thing that he's working on is the Munsters. Did not expect that. Yeah, just the, a straight up like kind of remake. Like it's not supposed to be like a weird bloody horror take on it or anything. Just straight up family style. I kind of. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm down. I'm I'm. Up for I'll check that it, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, this also might be a play on uh, Baal Bayit or Baal Zebul, which would be the Lord of the Temple. Or Baal Zebur, the uh, which is also the the Lord of the Manure uh, Manure Pile, so that also <laughs> works. Um, and now we see we do see it. it what I mentioned it was going to show up in Matthew at least one more one other time. That actually connects Beelzebub with the ruler of demons. So Lord of the Flies, Lord of the Lord of the Crap, and Lord of the all that. So. Uh, the the temple thing is interesting because I think that goes back to the Kurman society who uh, did who were not fans of the priesthood uh over the temple at that time period at the time of jesus mm. so that would be think again political situation where you've got the republicans or democrats you know the whole uh oh uh, i have it 
Um, let's go. Brandon is a popular phrase for whatever reason right now. Oh yeah. I, if you're, I'm not a fan of this. Yeah. But, it's so dumb, but you get what I'm saying? Like internally to the, the right wing group within America, that is an awesome name or like an awesome thing to shout. <laughs> We're so smart. Yeah, yeah, and that's like that's not too. If you if you are on that side, like right on, just understand this is what what I'm trying to explain um, about how this is all working out or what how <laughs> how to understand this section here. Uh, um. Anyways, uh, getting awful and, political here lately, Neil. It's it's the DC man. I'm in DC, <laughs> and it's getting to me. I'm just kidding. All right, all right. Uh, let's get to moving let's on. And, yeah, let's read twenty six through twenty seven. Let's see here. So do not be afraid of them. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Roofs? Ah, Roof, got roofs? Roofs. Roofs. I don't know. I've always had that. I was, does everyone, anyone ever say roofs? Roofs. Yeah, I do. Okay, Sometimes. that's what I thought it was. Depends on how much I've had to drink. Which one's right? Do you know? I was. I think when I was a kid, I said roofs. I don't think I'm allowed to have an opinion because I'm in Southwest Virginia and from Southwest Virginia. I'm from. So <laughs> I don't think I'm allowed to like make rules on pronunciation or say that they're correct. Uh, all right, then neither of us are. If, if that's yeah. the uh, the problem, we're both from Southwest Virginia, so that's Actually, out. All right, I'll tell you what. The best. The so California is pretty good with like pronunciation or like people i've met from like that area but you know who's really the the way they speak is very like good sounding enunciation and stuff is just like kind of pacific northwest area people like you know oregon and washington and stuff like that like because all the videos i watch of like mountain bikers from out there like people that i see on youtube like the way they speak is very like clear and concise just a weird I, observation I've made. I would agree with that. I'm thinking about the people in my classes. Uh, shout out to Hunter. Shout out to Ryan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to Nate. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, and there's a, right. there's like the that slightest tracks. like not really accent, but there's like a mannerism they have that you can tell they're from that area. But it's like yeah, the, they speak very clearly. Yeah. Uh, so hey, we we are in this section. Sorry, going back to the Bible. <laughs> so we're anyway. going to we're in this section where it's do not fear. That's going to repeat three times. Um, and then this what we're talking about here when it's like things are going to be known and come to light. That's a lot of people take that as meaning the eschaton, the end times. That when it comes it's to judgment, so fucking ominous. It, why is it ominous? No, he's just uh, just an observation. He's always so damn ominous. I know. I don't like Jesus gets in these moods sometimes. You think his disciples would just at this point be like, "Do you think they're like, ah, here he goes again?" Or they like, "This shit's really gonna be like tough. Like we're gonna have, we got our work cut out for us, or we're kind of fucked." I don't like, know. Which I, way do you think it's going? If you hear doom and gloom every day for three years, like at what point do you just tune it out? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know. I I wasn't one of these guys. Just pour some more wine. Yeah, maybe maybe he only had like every time he's talked doom and gloom. These are only the times we have written down. So it was really only like once a year did he just <laughs> like Jesus became a sad drunk one day and was like, "It's all gonna burn." <laughs> I hope so for the sake of these disciples. Uh, yeah. So all right, 
<laughs> so Jesus was saying that he was he was like, all right, well, things are going to go bad. And well, at the end of times, not things are going to go bad. Things are going to go great for you guys, not so great for other people. But when things go down, um, like so they're thinking I'm going to go to court and everything else. So if you're thinking to yourself, oh, shoot, I'm going to go to court and I'm going to get prosecuted. I'm going to lose like my my defense attorney is going to suck and I'm going to go sent like Jesus like, don't worry, because eventually everything's going to be, be made known like judgment will be expressed. So in in the west we're very much justice is blind in the east it's very much justice is able to see of ev- everything like it's <laughs> the exact opposite imagery we're like oh justice doesn't care whether you're rich or poor and everything else where the east is justice sees that you're rich sees that you're poor sees who did what when where why and sees everything every little nuance to every little um spat every little disagreement is that's that just like justice- this this like kind of mid-eastern like batman that hangs out on the rooftops watching everybody yeah except with like that do you remember was it dark knight no not dark knight maybe it was the first one maybe it was the dark knight rises uh, no 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 that was the third one um batman begins i think when they when they do the cell phone thing and he uses everybody's cell phone which oh, yeah. is highly illegal <laughs> like I, I like how all everyone's like that's so cool like no <laughs> people should not be hacking i mean <laughs> We're all like Google and Apple can have all my information. You click yes, accept, accept, accept. But um but, but yeah, not Batman. Be, yeah, not Batman. Yeah. But uh justice, like yes, justice sees everything. Knows everything about everybody all the time and knows exactly every situation. Well, I'm glad we uh don't have justice anymore, huh? Yeah, yeah. So in the <laughs> end, <laughs> What? Um, yeah, yeah. So, in, yeah. yeah. so anyways, uh, everything's going to be what be made known, and everything that's been s- said so far in secret. So remember, Jesus, like, hey, uh, back in chapters eight and nine, he's healing blind people. He's like, don't tell anybody. Just leave me oh, alone. Yeah. Don't true. tell anybody. So now Jesus is moving towards go tell everybody. Now, the problem is, as an interpreter of opening this text, is he referring to, like, is this Matthew adding it in? like to tell his audience or is this Jesus actually saying it to his disciples right here at this point? And again, the correct scholarly answer is I don't know. <laughs> and, but, but yeah, we don't know whether he's like, go tell everybody right now or yeah. Uh, now that Matthew's written it, that's when it's meant to be told to everybody. Hmm. All right. All right. So uh, 28, 28. Let's see. Get back up here. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Well, damn it, I'm going to be scared of both. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's good. I think your your preacher scared the, the hell out of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> that's what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> don't, it's like, don't worry about people that can kill your body. Worry about, like, burning in hell for eternity. It's like, uh, they both kind of sound shitty to me. Yeah, so I'm um, still gonna be a little worried about the first one too. So Jesus, yeah. So speaking of eternity, um, real quick, if you go back to so back in verse 19, he's like, "Hey, don't don't be worried about what you speak because I'm gonna give you like the Rick and Morty's mind or death crystal <laughs> like vision." Uh, or do not fear. Uh, now it's it's escalated to do not fear whether somebody's going to try and kill you. Which is like, at this point, I'm like, oh, cool, I can trust God to to tell me what to say when I need to. And now I'm like, ah. <laughs> I'm a little worried if you're telling me like, don't worry about being yeah, killed. Don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna start worrying now. 
Like talk talk about the man. It's starting to feel like the Charles Manson thing again. Yeah, it's just like, escalating. <laughs> like, <laughs> not sure how I feel about this one. So back to the uh, Gehenna, the hell, the eternal thing. There is a question about whether that. What does that mean to be eternal? And uh, what uh, I think there is. Bavli, uh, first crumb, Gamran school scroll sort of uh, uses this idea of, which is Dead Sea Scrolls, sort of talks about this idea that there was a, some sort of belief in uh, everlasting burning. There's also other evidences that gives you this idea that uh, maybe um, there was a time and a period of burning, and then you uh, then you got to go to heaven. Other people think there's a time of burning, and then you cease to exist, and then there's this uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls idea that there might be an actual eternal burning forever and ever and ever. Uh, oh, the school. Nice. Yeah, so the school I went to, now the, the one where you, you burn up and you just disappear, I think my school uh, was founded by a guy that believed that you just burned up, but it wasn't like a long period of like suffer, 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 then to disappear. It was like burn and immediately no longer exist was his idea. So he was in uh, what's called That's an annihilation. not so bad. No, no, it's just the, the idea of ceasing to exist. So there's heaven and then there's just not existing. So the, that, that, that sounds is, better than the alternative. Yeah, so that, that's an annihilationism. Um, then you have a lot of, uh, you also have the purgatory side of, of Christianity um, that you see a lot in Catholicism where there's a period of burning and paying for sins, and then after that's burned off, then you go to heaven, I think. Hmm. I don't, and then uh, then there's also some people that believe that you could end up in uh, that the all three exist. You just It just depends on your situation and like where God puts you at the end. What if you like filled out your paperwork wrong, like when you die and you're going up the gate? And they're like, oh, I, I don't want to find Stanley, out. That's you're what, going to hell. It's like, ah, oh, it's it's Stanley. My age just looks stupid. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't mess with that. That's why, I, like, <laughs> I'm very meticulous on my tax forms and on my death forms. Like, that's smart. Yeah, I'm. There's two things that are guaranteed: death and taxes. Make sure you do all the paperwork <laughs> and do it right. Yes. All right, uh, let's go ahead and read 29 through 31. All right. Let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, okay, got it, got it, got it. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than any sparrows. Than many sparrows. <laughs> <laughs> You're worth more than many sparrows, and he thinks those are cool, so, you know. How many sparrows, Jesus? Many. Many. Sit down and shut up, Peter. Uh, So, all right, so bird economics, two for an Asarian, and one Asarian was one-sixteenth of a denarius, which is a day's wage. So, let's say, I don't know, ten bucks. Let's say you're Wow, that's crazy. How did you know... Are you looking at notes? I'm looking just... at notes. I got okay, notes on okay. here. I got, I'm like, I'm not focused on them, but I have them on me. So, <laughs> so, all right, eight hours, eight hour workday. Uh, it's ten bucks an hour. So you're looking at five dollars. So you get, um, yeah, two, two for five, like two sparrows for five bucks. But apparently, like a sparrow, like you would buy that to cook and eat. But it's just very like a spoonful of meat off of it. You don't get much. Oh, so you this can eat was, sparrows. Yeah, you can eat sparrows. Yeah, that's good. Are you, like, yeah. are you asking that like, like survivalist, or are you asking that Jewish wise? Oh, just to see, just like I, you know, it's like some people like you could eat any fish, but some of them taste like shit. So maybe there's something to sparrows. I, I listen, uh, reading a commentary on this, they were saying that it, it the, the they speculated it would taste a little bit like a dove. Huh. 
I, not that I've had dove. I haven't either. The closest thing I've had, or the only thing I've had other than like regular bird, well, I've had duck, chicken, and quail. And quail's pretty, yeah, quail's good. But I, I haven't imagine. had anything like, yeah, I haven't had dove. Yeah, I wonder if it's like quail. Like, like yeah, but yeah, you can't. You, there's not much meat from it. Like I, I just imagine. <laughs> I don't know. My my head was like, oh, it's a small bird. You just pop in the microwave real quick, <laughs> nuke it for thirty seconds, is good to go. Uh, <laughs> they didn't have microwaves. That's the problem with that illustration. That's funny. I'm so I can't believe I haven't gone deeper down the rabbit hole on birds. Like I haven't eaten a lot of because I've had like you know I've had squirrel, I've had uh, gator, yeah. all kinds of stuff, all type of shit. Yeah, I've had um well. <laughs> I've had kangaroo, kangaroo oh, tail. Oh, I've never had kangaroo. That's good. And then uh, the one that might lose some listeners is I've had dog. Oh, yeah. I, I remember this story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways. He was tricked by Beelzebub. It was Beelzebub. It was <laughs> the, the, Lord. the Lord of shit. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so uh, the, back to the, the sparrow thing is like, okay, if sparrows are this cheap, then it's like and God cares about them and their lives and he also cares about like every he's got every hair on your head number which isn't that significant some people think that that's actually a reference to balding like God counts like is aware of when he when you're balding even when you're not kind of situation like, he is completely aware <laughs> of these things even the most minuscule uh parts of the of the uh of your life so he's on top of it he's watching everything so then if you end up in this, so if, if God cares about the sparrow and God cares about the numbering of the hairs on your head and you end up in court and there's this fear of getting killed, how much more so is he uh, attuned or aware or caring more about this? Um, I heard one of my friends was making the comment about his kind of idea of, of how God sees the world. He's like, uh, his idea is like, if I worry about something too much, it shows that I care more than God cares about it. Um, huh. And he's like, like God cares, obviously God cares more about my life than I ever do. He's more worried about my life than I ever am. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of an interesting interpretation of life and how to get through everything. But that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So so here Jesus is letting you know, hey, get persecuted, get to jail, don't worry about being killed, because God cares so much about the sparrow. Why would he not care about the innocent person who is being uh put in on trial? Hmm. All right, let's go 32 through 33. All right. 32. I keep losing my space. There it is. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Ooh. Oh, yeah. This is. There is a change in language here. Yeah, it goes from persecution language to legal language. So we've talked about this before. You have uh, great. We've talked about grace and faith, and we've talked about the the patron client system. So uh, someone that is you have think about the caste system in India, but spe- think of it as there are only two castes. There is the upper and the lower, the the nobility and the plebeians. Um, a centurion is as as high as a plebeian can grow. So like if you were born just a regular Joe Schmo. You could become uh, Centurion Joe Schmo, but you could never become General Joe Schmo. Mm, so that's there, there, yeah. There is a there, there is a very real glass ceiling there uh, um, in in that time period. So you would have if you went to court, 
you would want somebody that's going to speak on your behalf. You would want somebody that is from the higher class to come and do your aid and then speak on your behalf. So uh, the idea of everything of saying, like, if you are in court and you deny Jesus when it comes to things like if talking about him or speaking well of him, then when you end up in, in the heavenly courts and God comes to judge you, is he going to he's going to deny you as well on the other side of everything. Yeah, that would not be good. Yeah. That's not what you want. Yeah, so if you're going to be persecuted in a court system, speak up for, uh speak up for it kind of goes back to the, the whole thing of uh, of um all the justice thing of everything coming out and being known at the end times. Yeah. So in the same way that Jesus wants you wants to say if you are willing to speak on my on my behalf in in whatever trials or any situation that you are in, if you end up kill, being killed and if you you know don't worry about those who can kill the the body worry about those who can kill the soul don't worry about those people who are going to judge the body worry about god who will judge the soul my that might be a good way of explaining this yeah that makes sense all right so that, that's the that's this section here uh and it's all in the, in, in the idea of judgment and recalling and again right now the guys are still healthcare on legs they're about to go do good stuff jesus has not gone down in his popularity so i would still argue that this is a little less Jesus towards the disciples at this moment in time, and a little bit more Matthew writing these these stories specifically to the people that are bearing the persecution during the time of his writing. Hmm. Um, and then 34 through 36. Let's see here. 34 through 36. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Damn, talk about dark turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that idea of like peaceful, loving, like hippie Jesus is just like, I have not come to bring peace, but the sword. But the sword. And he's like, blessed are those who make peace, as he said earlier in Matthew. <laughs> and now he's like... But on like, but Jesus, I thought you said this. I said I was. I, I bless. I never said I was bringing peace. I said, "Blessed are those who do make peace." Well, you have to definitely explain this part because I never heard any stories of him with a damn sword from here on out. Um, is that just like talking about like judgment from his father or something? It might be. So, in, in light of this whole persecution section, it's probably him explaining to everybody that things are not going to be um, as e- like. The, he's talking about persecution and breakdown. He sort of alluded to two types of persecution. The The preliminary one is going to be within the synagogues. Those who are not going to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that is going against their own religious courts. But because the Jewish people right now are spread throughout the Roman Empire, what we're looking at is that they'll probably be then taken to uh, the Roman authorities. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, what would they get in trouble for, with the Roman authorities? Uh, maybe inciting riots might be one of the, the claims that they might Being have. Being a troublemaker. Yeah, yeah, a shit um, starter. Yeah, so uh, so uh, also he did, does say the phrase, uh, "I have not come to throw peace on the earth," which I liked. <laughs> He's <laughs> I, I just love the idea of like throw down, but what are you throwing down? Peace, peace. Um, so uh, yeah, so it's, this sounds uh, sounds more like I said, end of days, and a little less of of that, um, a little a little less of of the local time period. Uh, of, of specifically him sending out just those 12. Uh, so he's talking, he's talking a lot here 
about him coming and bringing, uh, not bringing peace, but bringing a sword. And you might think if you were hoping for a sort of conquering Messiah, you might hope be like, yes, your ears might peak. Like this is where uh, Simon Zealot battle Jesus comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, I think, but then he starts talking about how it's going to cause division among the family. That what he's bringing is not going to be super, super peaceful. That there will be persecution. That there will be trouble. Um, not everyone's going to agree on this. Uh, and he, he goes through and gives some family relations about how that's going to to break down the the family unit. So, that, that makes sense. Well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That makes sense. Because okay. at first I was like, he's like, hey, but I come to bring the sword, and it's like, oh damn, he's just going to get everybody pissed off at each other. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess he's bringing some divisive teachings or some like new ways of thinking. Yeah, and, and maybe they were hoping, cool, you know, we we have the Jesus powers, and we're about to tell everybody how they should love one another. We should be good. And now, then he Jesus switches over to, but now you're going to go and get in trouble, and you're going to get persecuted. And you're like, why would we get persecuted <laughs> for telling people to love one another? And, uh, and he's like, because it's going to divide people. And, uh, and there's more to his message. Hopefully, we, we've hit a lot of these. It's more, there's more to Jesus' message than just love one another, get along. Um, there are back when we were talking about his cousin John was calling the religious leaders a brood of vipers. Um, <laughs> we were great. actually, yeah, we're about to get to John uh, in the very next chapter, and John's in prison because he went and called out the political elite for not behaving. And like, and surprise, when you do that in ancient times, you get thrown in jail. Yeah. So. Anyways, uh, let's move on to it. Is, is that answered? I don't uh, yeah. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was that was pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. You cool. have people uh, oh, fighting over these ideas or these ideals. Yeah, and, and to make it more Middle Eastern, uh, and maybe less Middle Eastern, just more Jewish, um, there there are people that have converted over to Christianity and have believed that Jesus is the awaited Messiah for the Jewish people. And because that, that is such um, a... a bold move away from Orthodox Judaism. And when I say Orthodox, I mean correct opinion. I, I That would include Orthodox, conservative, and uh, uh, Reform Judaism. Uh, in fact, I know a woman here, or not here, but in Roanoke, uh, Virginia, where we're from, where she was uh, asked to leave the Reform Synagogue. And the Reform Synagogue is, is sort of considered, quote-unquote, <laughs> the more liberal of the of the sects uh, within Judaism, uh, or levels of Judaism. And, and But that idea of believing in Jesus uh, as the Messiah was too far of a line to cross that she was asked to leave. Now, um, to go further into the more Orthodox groups, and I've also met a woman who, who experienced this, where their families um, their their families actually excommunicate them and will go as far as even holding a funeral for them. Dang, um, that's hardcore. Yeah, they and they will sit shiva that the whole giving time and mourning the loss of a loved one who has passed away. They will go through and it will be treated as if they completely have died. Holy shit! Yes, yes. So that that's to give you an idea of how divisive this can be, uh, especially in a Middle Eastern context, and how much it would break down the family unit. So, so there is a woman, and uh, I know in 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 that air uh, in, in our hometown area, who um, when she came to the, this idea that she believed in. And Jesus as the Messiah, she she was uh, uh, this was not in reform. She was not this was when she was much much younger in a completely different location, and her family one hundred percent disowned her. She lost all connection with her family. Jeez, for that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So things can get pretty extreme here. 
Yeah. Anyways. That's so, hardcore. Uh, that, yeah, that helps me understand a little bit more of what Jesus can mean by that, because we're like, okay, I get the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law. Sometimes those relationships are rocky to start with, but what about everything else? And now when I under- wrap my head around um, a different culture uh, and understand that Jesus is not speaking to uh, white Americans I, or all Americans. Sorry to make it. <laughs> I'm just I'm myself am white, so I'm like thinking about my own culture. Like, eh, I don't think Jesus is speaking into that. He's They'll just put our audience speak- in a box, Neil. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of people we've got listening to us. <laughs> Diversity. The best people. The best uh, people are listening to us. Yes, I would agree with that. All right. Uh, so, so I think understanding the Middle Eastern context and then hearing other stories about people who have been disowned, it helps me wrap my head around what could be going on here that Jesus is talking about. And uh, verse 37. All right. 37. It's just going to get harder, weirder from here. Oh, yeah. It, anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who do, does not... Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Is, so, we, psh, stop. You said 37. 30, wait. Just 37. Just 37. Got it. Got it. So... Uh, daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Yeah. Okay. So just so we got this right. Jesus says, "Don't hate your enemies. Just hate your family." <laughs> like, just like, just so I'm breaking down how I understand Jesus. Um, I know that there uh, there is some talk about this. Um, this is supposed to be taking part. This part of taking up or putting the kingdom of heaven over family, which is a huge call. Uh, this sort of allegiance is actually found in Deuteronomy 33, 8 through 9. Actually, I w- wish we'd prepped up that, prepped that verse there. But t- to get the idea that this sort of expectation of, uh, of putting God or your religious, uh, your religion above family members is, is not something new that Jesus is bringing to the table, but he, uh, he's already found that in, um, in previous Jewish texts. What does make Jesus a little bit different is that no other rabbi has ever made this claim. No rabbi of that time ever said the only way or that you have to choose me over your family. They might have alluded to things like that, but not to this degree. And it's going to get worse as Jesus continues. And uh, if you don't mind doing 38 through 39. Got it. Uh, And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay, this is way weird and completely out there. Okay, so keep in mind, assuming assuming incorrectly that Jesus is saying this to his disciples, about to send them out to do their like their localized um, door to door like mission of you know healing people and telling them about uh, the kingdom of heaven. It's really weird to suddenly go, pick up your cross. So at that time, if someone was being executed by the Romans, Jews never did this. This is clearly a Roman ex- uh, execution. You are to pick up your cross. Uh, so they would have you carry. It's actually not the cross. So normally what they would have, this is not all the time, but I'm just giving you a general idea so you can understand what's going on, what could, what Jesus is alluding to. Sure. Um, all right. So one of the ways that they would do this is they would already have a uh, vertical post in the ground outside of a town, usually um, along the roadside so people could see as an advertisement of what not to do. And so they'd have this post out there. Uh, The post is actually not too far off. So you might be off the ground by a foot or two feet off the ground. So don't get that idea of like Jesus, like, you know, somebody being crucified 16 feet in the air. 
Um, the, the benefit of that is you could you could actually be close to the person and see them, and you could also go up and talk to them while they're dying over the course of a couple of days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds so the, miserable for both parties, especially the yes. person dying, because it's like shut well, the fuck up and let me die. Uh, how, one of the things that sticks out to me is that they usually crucified them, or there's some debate on this. They may have been crucified naked, and if they were crucified naked, like, how do you like get your kids like? Okay, we can see that was a Jew that got circumcised. Oh, I didn't. Think I mean, about a certain that. like like crucified, but yeah, like you'd like imagine walking your your children right now, like Evie and and right, like walking them and like looking at the the, the people just on the roadside there. Oh yeah, like up. Oh, well, get explain that. Yeah. Um, thankfully anyway. we don't have that nowadays. No, yeah, at least yeah. not locally. No, yet, <laughs> N- yeah, yet, yet. Um, so the the idea of like picking up your cross. So you they would have a vertical post that was always in the same location at the in the town, but then they would take you. They would have you as the prisoner then carry your cross beam, the member that was going to be put on top of that, that your arms are going to be spread across. So then you would be forced to carry your own execution implement. So when Jesus is saying this to his disciples who don't literally do not know that he's going to be crucified. Once again, this is, this makes me think that this makes very little sense at this point in the story of Jesus unless Matthew is writing this after the fact and his readers understand that Jesus was crucified himself. Mm, yeah, because it's be all kind of irrelevant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's weird, but he's saying take up the, like, you have to be willing to turn from your family and love me more than anything. And now he's saying you, you're going to have to uh, pick this up and, like, carry your cross daily, being ready in, in this way of, like, being ready to die for this cause at any point. That's that's some heavy shit. Yeah. That's a big 180 in this chapter 10 craziness. Yeah, and, uh, yep, and... So why you know why would you be uh, picking up your cross or why would this make sense? Because uh, that's how revolutionaries were were dispatched. They were uh, disposed of. They were crucified. Like if you were a revolutionary, that's how you got. Which also explains why the Jews were yelling at Pilate, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" Because he's a rebel. Like, yeah, that's hmm. they they really frame Jesus and Jesus in the way is framing them to be so counter-cultural, so counter-revolutionary to be a revolutionary and understand how they would die an, an excruciating... They, they need to be ready to die such an excruciating uh, political death at any point. And so, uh, you know, there for a while, it's like popular. You'd see people wearing the like Che, che Guevara shirts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that. They always had the same like kind of picture of him and then like, like just like the outline or whatever in the star or something and like, you know, like revolution and all this stuff and like are there any ever any like jesus shirts like anybody ever jump on the bandwagon on like the you know the holy roller circles and make some stuff like that i don't see why we can't (laughs) or what if we made a shirt like that but is jesus giving the finger too or would that be too blasphemous that's a revolutionary Um, thing yeah like well (laughs) a couple wasn't a couple years ago they had the jesus is my homeboy shirts people made money off that oh yeah 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 that's true i I think, I think we could find. I was a gonna way say of, I don't think you're allowed to make money off of Jesus, but then I look at like all the mega churches and stuff. It, yeah, yeah, it's fine. yes. 
I don't know how we can make this any any more depressing. Like, take up your cross that you can die too, and then, yeah, church the, Jesus's name being used to make money. <laughs> this is a depressing podcast. Let's let's go ahead and finish up forty. Uh, let's read forty. Hey, 42. Jesus did this to us. This he chapter did. started off all nice, and you're going to go out and heal people. It, you're right. You're right. Like this is this is all Jesus' fault. <laughs> all right. All right. Where uh blah blah blah, blah lose it. All right. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives the one who sent me. That's like one of those crazy, like, uh, anyone who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And anyone who receives a righteous man because he is a righteous man will receive a righteous man's reward. And if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. That got me twisted up a little right there. Uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit more straightforward, but this is like my my, my interpretation of understanding it. Like, um, as far as I understand, what we're looking at is, uh, this is back to the whole Shaliach, the emissary, you're going in my name, my reputation. This is the whole thing of, um, if we send a diplomat to another country, they need to be received as if they are a complete representation and embodiment of America. Like the, mm. They represent... the. Uh, I'm I'm on I'm being sent on behalf of at this time it'd be Joe Biden and however you would receive Joe Biden you would receive me in that exact same manner just assume just just pretend in your mind I am Joe Biden and if you treat me like crap that's you treating Joe Biden like crap would be like that would be the the best way of of running that so yeah. whoever receives in, you in my name on my behalf and in in the same manner and treats you like they treat me this is good whoever um, receive somebody because they're a prophet, and you're like, oh, well, this is a prophet, tell us the future, and does all these things. Again, I love how the one thing he says is like, if, if whoever gives a, a cup of water to one of these little ones, like, I guess he's just talking about his disciples. Yeah, yeah, there, there is some question about whether that means... Ones. There's Yeah, there's a debate about whether or not he's referring to children or if he's referring to the disciples, and I'm more like you. I'm thinking, like, the little ones is probably referring to the disciples. Yeah, it, it kind of makes it sound like they're his children or something. My little ones. Yeah, yeah, these these lower... Well, he, earlier he called them uh, students and called them servants as well. Mm-hmm. So that kind of all fits there. Also, um, the uh, the drink of cold, uh, cold water, it's actually pretty easy to do that. Like, hey... You you need water. I happen to have some water here. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's not too hard, even from the Middle East. It wasn't like whoever's going to go to the well and draw seventeen buckets of water to give. Oh, like yeah. like this is like, hey, uh, have this jar of water over here. Do you want some? Like even <laughs> if you even like the smallest thing that you do uh, on behalf or like towards somebody that is a follower of Jesus is a good is a good thing, and there is a reward. Hmm. Interesting. That makes so. more sense when you explain it, Neil. It I, that's sound that's so what, crazy. That's what I, I I do this for. Like I, the Bible just sounds absolutely bonkers. Just, just bat completely, shit. Yeah, it's it's so insane. Um, <laughs> and I, I was I was trying to explain somebody to like explain this to uh, to somebody last night, and I'm like, I don't think she's. I I can't tell if she's tracking or just bored. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'm explaining this well. I think she's just bored, but I'm like, uh, to me, it's interesting because when you when I hear about other religions and like uh, some study in Taoism and things, it's like, oh, that's what that means, huh? Did not read it that way. Thank you very much. 
So yeah, it helps to have the a little better perspective than just like blasting through freaking uh, chapters like I did when I was a kid, and I was like forced to read the Bible because I'd read through it and be like, "Yeah, this is absolutely stupid. It makes yeah. no sense." <laughs> but it, with I, a little bit of cultural background and context, that makes sense. It doesn't sound Jesus doesn't sound like such a tripped out like hippie. Yeah, <laughs> I think revolutionist uh, hippie that sometimes talks about killing people or being killed or being killed. Yeah, or people dying on his behalf. Like you guys go die. Right. But what are you going to do, Jesus? Shh. <laughs> take up your cross and and go follow. Go me. in my name. Uh, actually, you know, taking up your cross and following Jesus. That makes you know. I mentioned earlier that Jesus himself was talking about like being the death of a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, go follow me. Like, do a, like be a revolutionary with me grab your cross like we're going to the same direction here like you're my students i'm your teacher yeah it all it all kind of it all it it, it kind of brings this, this entire section together about what it means to be a representative of jesus and be on his side and having to choose him over other else uh, of everybody else because if you are caught and persecuted and in the same manner as jesus you're not going to be able to choose your family over him like you are already in the crap you've already you're already heading that direction. So I wonder if he's just kind of imploring them like, hey, um, you need to count the cost and understand how bad it's going to get. Yeah, it's kind of an all-in or all-out situation. Yeah. I think that's the best way we could wrap this idea up. This <laughs> section is all-in or all-out. So That's pretty good. I, all right, yeah. Uh, with that, hey, everybody, thank you again for joining us. Find us on Instagram. Um, annoy us there. Uh, at for the Beer and Bible Cross at yes. Beer and Bible Show. Yes. Uh, tell your friends and family. Make sure you, I don't know how to like indicate to them which Beer and Bible to follow because you do not want to end up in like you're not going to get this content with other people. And I'm sure that people have made the mistake <laughs> of choosing us instead of the people they were looking for. <laughs> I feel sorry for those people. But uh, or if you're one of those people right now, we're sorry you found us. <laughs> but uh, but you're you know, welcome here. Yeah. It's a safe space. Yeah. So um, thank you again. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. See y'all.